thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We're so glad you're joining us today for Jesus the Healer. We have been diving into a series that is, go you're going to have to stick with us for a while to get all the way through it because we won't be, we won't be completing it today for sure. We got a lot to go. I don't know how many episodes it's going to take, but we invite you go back and watch previous episodes. We've been talking about the double portion anointing. And uh, we're not talking about the double portion anointing in the sense of that everyone is, is in position for that. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about there's anointing that abides within us. And we can become skillful at letting that anointing dominate us. Yes. We can do things that can hinder that anointing, but we can do things that will cause that anointing to flow unhindered. Yes. And so just, uh, we, we've been, well, go back and watch previous episodes. There's so much we're, 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 we're needing to say about this and have said to restate a few basic things. There's anointing that abides within every believer. That's the anointing that, we've been given to help us to ensure our success every day. Yes. The more we draw on that anointing, uh, the more successful we are. The more skillful we are towards God and his word, the more that anointing can flow unhindered. There is an anointing that abides upon and that stands, that, that anointing that comes upon is for those who are set apart in the fivefold ministry. Not every believer has an anointing that comes upon them because that's simply to minister to the people. Yes. But every person, even all fivefold ministers have an anointing that's within and that's for our everyday life. Yes. And a, a minister, those who stand in the fivefold office cannot live off the anointing that abides upon because that's for ministering to others. Every minister must learn and develop that anointing that abides within because that's how he's going to live his everyday life. Just like every other believer, we have to develop our skill with that anointing that abides within. So we've been teaching out of my book, The Price of the Double Portion Anointing. This is not because I'm saying everybody can have a double portion anointing, but if everyone will be skillful with the word and with the things that we're bringing to light in this book, yes. you can draw on that anointing that's within you uh, skillfully and it can, it can bear great fruit in your life. Amen. 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 And that's what we want. Right. Amen. That's what we want to have happen because the anointing of God is the power of God. Yes. When you're handling power, you have to be skillful. Right. You have to be skillful. The anointing that abides within is not increased. Mm -hmm. yes. Now the anointing that comes upon can be increased for yes. ministry, but the anointing that abides within every believer does not increase, but our skill with it increases. Yes. Our ability to yield to it mm -hmm. and draw on it increases so it can flow in a greater measure yes. into our life. Amen. Amen. 
Um, I've been talking about an experience that I had in 2018 when Jesus came into my hotel room when I was in St. Petersburg, Russia, and he talked to me about how to walk under an increased measure of anointing. Now, as I said, he was speaking especially specifically to ministers, but the basic foundational truths of this will still work toward that anointing that abides within. So that's why I think it important to teach to believers because it will affect us. I'm not going to, on the previous episode, I read the whole thing of what he said. Mm -hmm. Right now, from here on out, I'll probably just read the section that I'm going to be teaching on. We started with in the previous episode on, he said this to me, to walk accurately and in the fullness of this era and season, do not misspeak under the anointing. Bring great consecration to the tongue and speech, not speaking lightly, inappropriately, or with exaggeration. Only truth can be in your mouth, for God and his power only flow through truth. I only said what I heard my father say and only did what I saw my father do. No wonder such great degrees of power could flow through Jesus, right? Because he wasn't out preaching his opinion. He wasn't out telling people, I think y'all do this and I think y'all do that. Mm -hmm. Remember when someone came up to him out of the the crowd one day and they said, Jesus, tell my brother to split the inheritance evenly with me. And you know what he said? He said, who made me judge? In other words, he said, that's not my business to speak into that, into your family business. Y'all work that out. He would not let someone pull them into a place that he wasn't supposed to be pulled. That's called not misspeaking. Meaning this, you don't have authority into everybody's situation. You don't have a right to speak into everybody's everybody's family and situation. Now you do in your own family and in your own, where you have authority. But to go out and just tell people how they ought to live and you ought to do this. And I tell you what, you know, you can, you can start over speaking and it will start hindering the flow of that anointing within. And so these are why some of the things that I want, I thought it's so important and helpful to us to bring these things out. Um, I was finishing, I was telling a story on the last episode of when I had misspoke under the anointing in a service when I was pastoring years ago. And God told me, you're, you're going to have to set that right with the congregation because because I disobeyed God and did that, mm-hmm. flu symptoms came on me. Right. So I said, God, I ask you for mercy. I know where I missed it. So I ask you for mercy. He said, okay, but you're going to have to get up and repent mm-hmm. to the congregation. And I did. I wanted to finish off a little bit and say a little bit more about that because it's important for us to know. Repentance is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of spiritual strength. Yes. Yes. When someone won't take responsibility for where they missed it, that's a sign of spiritual immaturity. Spiritual maturity steps up and says, you know, I did that wrong. I said that wrong or I handled that wrong. They take responsibility. When you take responsibility, you are untying God's hands, so to speak, to assist you in setting things right. He will help you. He will bless you when you take proper responsibility. You know, um... Brother Copeland said something in a, in, a, in a meeting that I was attending of his that was so good, and I, I really hadn't thought about it. And he said, you know, God gave Adam and Eve the opportunity to repent, and they didn't. Yes. Right. Yeah, that's right. Right. He said to Adam, have you eaten of the fruit? And he said, the woman. Yeah. And then he went to the woman, have you eaten of the fruit? She said, the serpent. They never said, I did it. I repent. Yes. They never did 
it was, if I could say this, it was a forced acknowledgement, but right. it was not a repentance. Yes. And yes. if they would have repented, God could have helped them. That's right. But because they wouldn't repent, they had to leave. Mm-hmm. And, it, and what it opened up on humanity. But what I'm saying is this, is a sign of spirituality is taking responsibility. If I miss, I missed it. Yes. What about in a marriage? Honey, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. What about in the family? I shouldn't have acted that way. I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. God will reward repentance. Yes. He will bless us when we repent. Yes. Amen. Amen. It's when we hide that we get in trouble. Why? The de- because we're in disobedience and the devil, we get on the devil's territory. As a parent, don't you know this, even with your own children, said you try to hide something you did wrong and you're going to get in trouble. But if you'll come up and say, Mom, I did that wrong. I broke that. I, I, I did that. You, you are so kind. Well, honey, we can get it fixed. You know, you, you show them the way out. Right? You do. But when we hide it, even as parents, then, then you get in trouble. It's the same thing with God because when we acknowledge, then we, we open it up for God to help us. We're acknowledging, God, I did it wrong and I need your help to do it right. Then he steps in and he helps us. But if we won't take responsibility for doing it wrong, then he's not able to intervene the way he wants to. Amen. Amen. And as a pastor, I missed it. A couple, there were a couple of times in 25 years of pastoring, I had I got up in front of the congregation. And said, you know, I said something in a previous service. I shouldn't have said I shouldn't have said it that way, or I shouldn't have said that, or I take responsibility. I want I want to set that right. Do you do it every time you say something wrong? Well, let me just say this: ministers have more opportunity to miss it because we're in front of people more. Right? We just have more opportunity to miss it. But most of the time, if I say it wrong, I just, I just get it right between me and God. But there are some times Uh I go, you know what? I want to, I want to acknowledge that before the the congregation because I don't want them to think this, you know, um, there are times in my own spirit. I know I need to set that right publicly with the congregation. Did I do it on everything? No, because you don't need to get up and repent every service for something you might have said wrong unless God would tell you to. You don't, you don't need to. You can just get it right between you and God privately. Amen. Amen. But I'm just saying this, repentance is strength. It's strength. It's not weakness. In a marriage, know this, that if, if, a, if, a, if a couple is not repenting to one another as needed, that, that marriage starts breaking down. True. Amen. Offense starts getting in. Sure. Unforgiveness starts getting in. Little things start piling up. So if I could say this, when he says, don't misspeak under the anointing, for that anointing that abides within you to flow unhindered, when, when you misspeak, acknowledge it. Yes. Repent yes. for it. Yes. Amen. That's part of being skillful with that's that good. anointing that's in you yes. is when you take, you, take, you take responsibility and you repent as we all need to at times. Yeah. Right. Amen. Amen. As we grow, we learn to clamp it. Yeah. <laughs> Close it. Yeah. Don't say it. Yeah. You know? Right. So as, as we grow and mature spiritually, we should be missing it less and less. Yes. Yes. To just vent and just say it anyway and then say, well, I'll repent later. That's a, that's a sign you're not growing. Because when you're growing, you don't want to go ahead and miss it and get repent and get forgiveness later. You want to do it right, right now. 
Amen. So don't slip into that thing. Well, I'll just, I'll just say it and vent and I'll repent later because it is going to, it's going to weaken your faith. It's going to weaken something of your, of your, of your spiritual walk. Amen. We want to grow up. And as, as I said, as we grow up, we should miss it less and less as we speak uh, either from the pulpit or to one another, yes. to our family members, amen, to those we work with every day, amen. amen. Now, we know this. Why is it so important that we not misspeak under the anointing? Because we're dealing with great degrees of power. Right. The anointing is the greatest power in existence. Amen. You think atomic power, or nuclear power is great? It is great in the earth, but we're not limited to earthly power. Yes. We have divine power yes. called yes. the anointing. Amen. And we cannot be careless. We can't be mindless in how we handle it. That's why Jesus said to me uh, to walk accurately and in the fullness of this air and season, don't misspeak. Under the anointing or even in everyday life. Learn not, learn to catch yourself. That's good. I said, learn to yes, catch yourself, yes. right? Amen. We have to be sober about the greatness of this power we're dealing with. Yes. Years ago, God said something to me. The greater the anointing, the smaller the margin for error. Mm-hmm. Right. Now notice that. The greater the anointing, the smaller the margin for error. Well, isn't that true with electrical power? The greater the degree of power flowing, the smaller the margin for mishandling that. Right? It's the same thing with the anointing. It's power we're dealing with. I said it's power we're dealing with. And so having the anointing makes us a target for the enemy. The, the enemy will, he targets the anointing. Why? Because the anointing of God destroys his yokes in a moment. What he has taken years and sometimes decades to, um, to entrench people in, one moment of contact with the anointing and that thing's broken. And all of his work is completely decimated by that anointing. That's why the devil hates the anointing. Because the anointing sets people free. Yes. Amen. Amen. Um, so the devil hates the anointing, and when you, the greater the anointing, the greater accuracy we have to walk yes. in to cooperate with that anointing, but also to keep the door closed to the enemy. Yes. So there's two flows that when we have a great anointing, we're cooperating with God at a greater level, but we're also keeping the door closed to the devil because he's after us. He wants to target those who carry the anointing. And you as a born again believer, you have an anointing that abides within you. Amen. As we walk in the light of the word, we keep the door closed to the devil as we're doers of the word. This is the danger of hearing and not doing the word is because we have an anointing within us. The devil knows that he can see it uh-huh. in the spirit realm. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And, um, he, in, if we're doing the word, the devil has no access to us. Uh-huh. But if we're not doers of the word, then we open the door to him. Yeah. As one minister says, I like this, that he said, he said, others may, but I may not. Amen. What's, what, what may be permissible for someone else may not be permissible for me. Amen. Amen. Just because others may say it and do something doesn't mean 
we can. That's yes. right. That's right. Amen. Yes. So you have to be careful when you're around others, uh-huh. right? Because right. others may say things and if you're not careful, you'll think, oh, well, they opened up that subject and we'll just go there. Well, just because they can doesn't mean we can. Right. Amen. Amen. So because that anointing is so strong, that anointing is such a, a great power uh-huh. in the earth, um, we can't handle it lightly right. or Amen. irresponsibly. Right. True. Right. And, we, and when we consider that in this last day era, God is bringing us into a greater and greater flow and degrees of his power, it's going to take greater and greater degrees of skill yes. Yes. with our words, yes. with our speech, with our thought life. What about yes. that one? Yes. Amen. Yeah, because we only speak based on how we think. That's right. So to address the speech, you have to address the thought life also. Amen. We take great precautions when we're handling electrical power. Look at a power plant. There are certain ways when men work around a power plant. There are certain ways to be dressed. There are certain things and procedures and steps they have to be trained in and they have to take. And if they don't take them, then it could mean... Uh, devastation, right? Right. Uh, There's, they can't be careless. The one who gets careless around an electrical plant is going to find injury. If we're careless around the anointing, then we open the door for the enemy to attack. Amen. How much more the anointing? Amen. Now, Jesus said, uh, to walk accurately in the fullness of this era and season, do not misspeak under the anointing. He said, bring great consecration to the tongue and speech, not speaking lightly, inappropriately, or with exaggeration. So he's telling us how not to misspeak, bring great consecration to the tongue. Yes. Consecration to the tongue, meaning what, if something is consecrated, what's it means? It's set apart. I set apart my tongue for what he wants me to say, yes. not for my own opinion, right. not for what I think people ought to do, uh-huh. not yeah. for telling someone off who crossed my flesh, uh-huh. who went again, who rubbed my fur the wrong way, so yeah. to speak. Amen. Amen. To bring co- great consecration to the tongue, not speaking lightly, inappropriately, or with exaggeration. Right. A consecrated life calls for a consecrated tongue. If we say, I'm going to live consecrated, then we have to consecrate the tongue too. And a consecrated tongue calls for a consecrated thought life. Now get that. We can't, we can't have a strong anointing, walk under a strong anointing or have that anointing that abides within us to flow strongly out of us. If we have a unrestrained thought life. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. We can't just in our, when we're alone at time, just sit and think anything we want about somebody. Heaven knows. Heaven knows where, what we're touching into in our thought life. And, um, to live consecrated, we consecrate the tongue. So we have to consecrate the thought life, meaning I will not entertain an unlovely thought about my brother, my sister. About another person. I will not sit and meditate on how someone did me wrong. I forgive them and I let it go out of my thought life. I'm not just going to turn it over and over. Me forgiving them is not saying that they did it right, but me forgiving them is saying I the love in me is greater than what they did against me. Amen. Amen. It's a choice we make. We have to guard our thought life to guard our tongue. That's true. Very good. 
Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. It reads this, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity, look at this, every thought, every thought thought to the obedience of Christ. Mm -hmm. If a thought is not in line with the word, we cast it down. We refuse to turn it over in our thought life. Now know this, every thought that comes to you did not come from you. The devil will try to interject thoughts into our thought life. He will suggest something. How do we take that thought he offers and make it ours by turning it over? Over and over in our thought life. Once that thought comes, see, you can't keep thoughts from coming, but you can keep them from coming in. Yes. Amen. That's right. So they come and you'll hear that thought. You'll recognize that thought. When you recognize that that's not in line with the word, you answer it. You say, that's not my thought. That's not the word and I'm not taking it. You answer it and then you answer it with the word. That doesn't mean just because it came that your thought life is unconsecrated. That's not what that means. Every Every saint of God, I don't care how long they've walked with God, has thoughts that come to their mind mm-hmm. that they get to cast down. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's never a time that you're not going to get to cast down thoughts. You're yeah. going to get to cast down thoughts no matter how far you mature spiritually uh-huh. and grow spiritually. Yeah. You've still got to cast down thoughts. Yes. Amen. 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 But the, the more we get the word in us, the, the quicker we recognize wrong thinking. Ah, that's, we don't even have to. Sometimes a thought comes in and it'll be a day or, or so of thinking and before we recognize, wait a minute, that's taking me in the wrong direction. That's taking me out of peace. That's taking me into fear. But as we get more of the word in us, we recognize the wrong thoughts quicker. Because not all th- wrong thoughts are, are screaming obviously wrong. Some, they're subtle in their wrongness. And you have to be very skillful to begin to recognize. Did you know that skill is not just having victory, but it's recognizing what isn't victory? Skill is recognizing a worried thought. Amen. Amen. That's part of skill. It's not just running worry out, but it's recognizing worry before it even has the opportunity to come in. That's a a skillful thought life. Amen. So to be consecrated, because Jesus said, consecrate the tongue, consecrate the speech. To be consecrated means to set apart our mouth, our tongue, our speech is set apart from wrong ways of speaking. We say, I'm not going into that wrong way of speaking. And you know, sometimes we've just spoken a wrong way out of habit, just a habit. And you have to catch yourself complaining and griping. All those things are just bad mental habits. And you have to catch that so you don't participate in it. But if we're going to have that anointing that abides within us to rise up and work, I tell you what, the anointing that, that abides within you will help keep you healed. I said it will help keep you healed because you'll recognize what to do and what not to do. Uh That anointing that abides within you will teach you 
what not to do and what to do. And it'll help, help you keep in your family in peace. It'll keep your finances in prosperity, yeah. your body in health. Amen. But a, a consecrated tongue is a, discipl- a disciplined tongue, one that's under great control. Amen. Yes. Amen. Now, and, for, and I say this for ministers. It's so important for those who stand in the fivefold offices that if we allow ourselves to misspeak in daily life, then we'll be more apt to misspeak in the pulpit. Come on. True. That's true. Yes. So to be accurate in the pulpit, we have to be accurate in daily life. Amen. 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 We have to discipline our tongue in daily life. And that's for every believer, but that's also for every minister. Amen. Wrong speaking and wrong words are an open the door to the devil. And he's just looking for an entrance. He is just looking for an entrance. James chapter three and verse two, the Amplified Classic translation says this, for we all often stumble and fall and offend in many things. And if anyone does not offend in speech, never says the wrong thing, he is a fully developed character and a perfect man. What's that mean? A mature man. Spiritually mature and able to control his whole body and to curb his entire nature. Listen to that. I want to read that one again. Uh James 3, 2, the Amplified Classic. For we all often stumble and fall and offend in many things. And if anyone does not offend in speech, now look at that. Now he, he, he goes from talking about someone who does offend. Then he talks about if anyone does not offend, what's he talking about? He's talking about someone who's maturing and growing. We might start out offending and speaking wrong, but we don't stay that way. You can mature and grow because you can come to a place where you don't say the wrong thing. When you're, when you're fully mature, you're beginning to to show that, demo- that you're demonstrating that maturity in your speech, yes. in your tongue. Amen. You don't have to have the last word in an argument with somebody because right. you don't get in the argument. Right. You know, you learn. And here James said it will control, he'll control his whole body and curb his whole nature mm-hmm. by his tongue. That's right. Why? That, that spiritually mature. So growing up has benefits. I'm talking about spiritual maturity. Wanting to mature spiritually has benefits. It's easier to keep the mouth, the tongue, the speech in check, which keeps your life safe. Amen. You're not opening the door to the devil through what you said. Getting out of love is what opens the door to the devil. Well, we've been teaching out of our book called The Price of the double portion anointing. My, 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 we can only scratch the surface in these episodes, but we want you to get this book. It'll be a blessing to you, not just to ministers, absolutely to ministers, but to believers because there's an anointing that abides within that you need to steward. Amen. And so we want you to go to our website, jesusthehealer.org, and you can purchase your copy there. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In this book, The Price of the Double Portion Anointing, Nancy Dufresne gives clarity on how we are to walk successfully in this era. It instructs those in the ministry, but also brings instruction to every believer in helping them to fulfill the will of God for their lives. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. God has provided a way for His children to have ongoing visitations from Him. 
but many Christians don't recognize these visitations. Your life will be changed as you meditate on the revelations in this book, Visitations from God by Nancy Dufresne. Order your copy now at DufresneMinistries.org. If you have received a healing or have any other testimony to share with us as a result of this broadcast, we would love to hear about it. Please call us, write us, or contact us through our website. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DeframeMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.